This program is brought to you by the University of Southern Queensland. Sweet, all right, ready? Hello, you're on Uni Life. This is not James. My name is Shannon Lewis. However, I am sitting in the driver's seat. I'm taking over and we are interviewing the host of Uni Life, James Maguire. How are you? Mate, I'm not too bad. I'm feeling good. It's so weird to hear you do my intro. I it's know a bit weird. Feel. I know you feel because you were always telling me about how weird it was. I get it. Especially for my show. Now you know the I mean? tables have turned. Look at me now. <laughs> how the turntables. Have you seen The Office? Nah. Everyone who's seen The Office knows what I'm talking about. It's okay. Keep it going. <laughs> so this is Uni Life. As you all know, this is where James interviews university students, gets to know them. Um, yeah, so I've taken over and we're going to get to know your host of Uni Life, James. So James is a 21-year-old Bachelor of Arts graduate with a major in journalism and minors in media studies and public relations and starting point guard for the bench warmers, hashtag Jimmy Buckets, hashtag <laughs> AN1. Care to explain that? So you told me not to, but I've read this off a script. You need to explain this to me. <laughs> what is this? Um, for, like, look. It's pretty. It's pretty big in Ipswich, but there's a uh, there's a Ipswich uh, basketball stadium out there that runs um, social competitions, mm-hmm. and I am the starting point guard. I'd like to say I'm the cap. I'm the captain, boys. I'm definitely the captain <laughs> of the uh, of the bench warmers. Uh, we're currently fourth in Div Three. Is that the name of your team? Yeah, bench warmers. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, we got our own like custom uniforms and. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, we're brilliant. Uh, so I put I put in a couple of hashtags there. One Jimmy buckets because that's what they call me out at the stadium you hear it all the time like, like, yep. Jimmy Bucket. like you hear that um and then the next one can you say it out for me again the the next hashtag <laughs> with with good emphasis <clears throat> hashtag a and one and one so uh this is a big shout out to liam because me and liam are notorious for this when you're going up i don't know have you watched much basketball do you know much about basketball at all i think i've told you this so i work with the uni and we did like a OB thing and I recorded like 12 hours of basketball right you think I would know how the game works after watching it for 12 hours through a camera like no absolutely not (laughs) so you gotta explain it to me so essentially when you go in towards the bucket to score to shoot a layup which Mm -hmm. is where you kind of like bounce it off the backboard into the hoop uh if someone hits you right someone's going up for the ball and they put some contact as you're going up yeah me and liam like to do this thing where we emphasize and really show the referee we've been hit you need to call a foul so we can get some three throws so what so you do you throw a bit of soccer in there as well so while i'm going up <laughs> and they'll just they'll just touch me like on my face something like hey <laughs> and then i'll score because i score every time i'll be like and one because mm. that means i get another sh- i get a three throw i get one oh. i get one more so it's two points and one Right. So, um, not myself. I didn't get any of them, but Liam, Liam Stefan, he's going to be on the show in a few weeks. Uh, he got a bunch of them. So, I'm going to tell him to listen to this episode because I've already mentioned him eight times. <laughs> <laughs> so, it'd be awkward if you're like, hey, dude, did you listen to my episode? Like, what? <laughs> well, yeah. Nah, he, he, I reckon he'll listen and I'll, I'll get a message from him saying thanks. But yes, yeah, so up the bench warmers. We're the best. Not really. We're fourth, but we're the best in my eyes. Love him like a child. Speaking of child, yes. let's talk about your early life. Nice. How's that? Yes. Very okay. well done. So, where did you grow up? I don't actually know this. So, we're mm. actually, yeah. Born and raised in Ipswich, mate. Beautiful. Um, EP Hospital, out I come. Uh, 
just emerge from the ground. <laughs> my my parents were really young when they had me, so they were only twenty one, both twenty one at the time. Um, I think they knew each other for like six weeks, and then oh really? And then nice. I'm conceived. I'm hanging out. So <laughs> what up, guys? What, what's going on? Uh, they're still together to this day. So credit to Aww, them. I've beautiful. got I've got yeah. the best parents. Like I think a big part of my story is my parents. So you'll be hearing a lot about them. A lot about them. Me as a kid, um, I was super active. I was always high energy. Uh, mum thinks I have ADHD, but I haven't oh, been I can diagnosed. I definitely see that. I back that 100%, <laughs> mum. Mama Maguire, I back that. <laughs> yeah, so Kez reckons I have ADHD and every security guard thinks I'm on drugs. So I, I don't know what's going on, but I think I think, <laughs> I think it helps me because I can keep pretty high energy and, and have, a, have a good time. Yeah. Even like on radio. So I think hopefully... If anything goes well with this radio gig, radio stuff I'm doing, it, it could actually benefit me. Mm. But yes, I'm a, I'm a psycho myself. I'm a psycho. I'm a psycho. Um, I originally went to a state school, mm-hmm. which didn't go too well for me. didn't really fit in. My parents, who had no money, started sending me to a private school, which oh, they yeah. weren't in a position to do, but they put me and then my two siblings through that, which was amazing because I am who I am, probably, you know, going through that i am because a lot of decisions my parents made um but yeah so i went to a a private school for up until year seven and then we were still going to high school from year seven at that time Mm -hmm. and then i went to my high school which most kids from that primary school went to that high school like that was a big feeder school because it was like kind of like there was the primary school the bottom of the hill and then the top of the hill there was the the high school i went to um so you're the oldest out of your siblings yeah so i have katie who's uh five years younger than me and then johnny who's six yeah so uh kate's 16 johnny's 15 nice so it's it's kind of good now because they're getting a bit older i can hang out with them like me and johnny play basketball all the time me and katie we vibe on different things I found that with my brother. So I'm 20 and he's 16. It's in recent years we've started really getting along. Like we choose to hang out. Mm-hmm. We're not forced to hang out. But for the longest time, I reckon as a kid, you really couldn't stand your brother. Because oh, yeah. like when just say my thing was when you were watching ABC3, they're watching ABC2. Like when when, <laughs> yep. when you're when you're doing this, they're doing something else. Like what they're into was never what I was into. Especially being like the older sibling as well. Yeah. So and then... Because I was so young, because like, parents had me so young, all of their friends had kids, Caitlin and Johnny's age, but none really mine. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucked because anytime we'd go over to a friend's house, like parents' friend's house, mm-hmm. I would kind of have to figure out whether I hang out with these children <laughs> that are way younger yeah. than me and I'm just like this weird kid yeah. or I hang out with the parents where I'm not wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that was always kind of like the... Um, the balance board that I would tip. And I would always prefer to hang out with the adults. Like, and I really liked hanging out with kids that are younger than me because I was always pretty mature for my age anyway. Yeah. Probably so, forced you to mature as well. Yeah, I guess. Like when you're the, when you're the eldest um, by a mile, like you kind of you have to mature because you kind of find out everything the hard way. Like I can warn my brother, don't do this, don't do that. I can warn my sister, don't do this, don't do that. Do this, do mm-hmm. it this way. Yeah. I had to just suck. <laughs> I just yeah. had to be bad and then figure it out the hard way, which is good for me, um, but it's also not easy. Like, like you know, having to build that type of resilience or having to be bad at things isn't fun. No. But um, 
it makes you a better person. So. Yeah. So how was your high school experience? Like how were your grades and all that? Um, what did you and your mates get up to on the weekends? I was always a pretty average grade kid. Yeah. Like I was never excelling, but I never really failed. I could always commit because at a young age, I, I figured out like I'm not really supposed to be here, which was a really weird thing for a kid to think. But like I didn't like when you're at a private school and mum and dad are you know, trying to find change to get milk that morning. And then you go in there and these kids just have some money. Kind of bounced from friends group to friends group. It's kind of like we related on the fact that like you kind of had like a big group of friends yeah. and you kind of... You're kind of like adaptable. Like you got yeah. the personality where you can just hang out with whoever. Yeah. But there was some times where I was a little too adaptable. I, I felt like I didn't have that really nice, good group of friends. Um, I know I really struggled with anxiety even as a kid. Mm. Like I remember being terrified of free dress days because I didn't think I looked nice or Aww. what it like there was all this like school excursions um uh what's it, what's it called like athletic carnival swimming carnivals yeah, yeah, yeah. those things really frightened me um I just didn't feel you're gonna make me cry that's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine like, you, you... get the tissues <laughs> out guys um but yeah like that would just I would just have panic attacks I'd get real worried I'd get clammy I'd get shaky about nothing because I didn't understand at the time something isn't right upstairs like there's like mm. it isn't right which made me feel so much better when i actually got diagnosed with anxiety and depression that like this isn't how i'm supposed to feel this isn't normal you know like like there is something wrong with me that it, it felt gratifying because i'm like if this is normal this just means i'm weak mentally you know what i mean and i was like i don't want to feel like i'm a mentally weak like no one wants to be a mentally weak person but yeah like i kind of jumped from so from learning that, just taking that back, how have you adapted yourself to deal with your anxiety and depression, do you think? Look, when you're in it, when you're struggling with anxiety and depression, you don't, I personally struggle to realize it, whether it's pride or ego or just a lack of awareness, but I can come out of it and go like, okay, that was my anxiety playing up. Mm -hmm. I was being rude to my girlfriend or to um, my parents or whoever I was affecting that time, that wasn't me. And then I'll go apologize, not make that excuse, but say I was in the wrong there. I'm sorry. So that's an example. That's really it, big. Yeah. That's an example of like, yeah, because I, I like I really try not to use that as an excuse because it's not fair on them. Like they didn't, they, they didn't deserve the spray they got if I was feeling really anxious at that time or if I was feeling depressed in a rut, they didn't deserve that. But yeah, it's kind of like, it's just, it's that awareness after the fact. And then now, like, cause I'll go through every couple of months, I'll go through a week where I, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm waking up at 11, like really getting out of bed at 1130, really not getting anything done till about three o'clock. And I'll do that for a week and I just, it's just a rut. I just can't get out of, I just, I, all I want to do is sleep, but I'm not tired. And then you go on social media and you lose yourself in TikTok for two hours because yeah. you just can't be bothered doing the things you told yourself you want to do that day. It helps having a dog. Cause like, he's just like, we need to get outside and play or I'm going to keep crying and keep mm. soaking. So that kind of helps. But, um, right now where I am, like I've been to therapy, I'm 
still going to therapy. It's just being aware of it, talking to people professionally as well as your friends and family because I think there's only so much your friends and family can do and there's only so much your therapist can do, especially if you're not making a ton of money and you can afford to go to therapy all the time. But yeah, as a kid, you were just like, to bring it back, it's just what it is. Like you, you, there's no, you're nowhere near the awareness yet where you're like, well, no one's talking about anxiety and depression to a 10-year-old, which is when I really can remember feeling it, like primary school, worrying about that stuff. You don't know that, you don't even know that's a word. As you go through high school, like later in high school, I was like, you know, maybe this is me, like I have a problem here. But yeah, anxiety, more anxiety, like I didn't really start getting, I felt depressed that I can remember until just out of high school. Um, But I've been an anxious person my entire life, but I'm also an extrovert of sorts. So it's really weird because I can get... I'm actually like, we haven't had this like kind of heavy conversation, so I'm actually quite shocked to be honest. That you don't know this. I'm a little bit upset for you, but I'm <laughs> proud that you're happy to talk about it and you've found your space where you feel comfortable. And yeah, I don't yeah. mind. It's kind of funny because I'm supposed to talk like chronological order about my life and I'm just going on rants about my mental <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will bring it back. Hang on. Yeah. Um, where was I? Um, yeah, like in later high school, I was like, yeah, I think there's something not right here but i'm an extroverted person when i'm comfortable i'll talk and talk and talk and try and crack jokes um humor is a big part of my family and it's a big part of me so i'm not aware whether or not it could be a defense mechanism the fact that i'm constantly you know trying to be funny but that's something that i i know from a young age i've always either been or tried to be the funny one at someone else's expense having to hear me just rabble on but yeah in high school i had no idea what i wanted to do um i remember in grade 10 i wanted to do game design because i played video games like that was kind of my mindset at 15 i didn't really know what i wanted to do i wanted to make some money so i could hang out with my mates that weren't because like during 15 16 17 i was hanging out with boys i shouldn't been hanging out with i was in a crowd where the things they wanted to do on the weekends did not make me comfortable, but I kind of felt like my depressed, like, you know, my brain would be like, these guys are your friends, hang out with them. This is a cool thing to do. And then I'm doing things that I regret that I've done. But, you know, eventually I just found these lads that all they really wanted to do was just play video games. And I would kind of talk to them through the week and play video games with them after school but then on the weekends, I'd go and hang out with this other group of like other group of friends that would get up to no good. So I was kind of doing that for like the later stage of high school, or kind of figured out like I'm not going to hang out with these lads. Like this is just silly. And I really got comfortable with a big group of friends where a couple of those boys that get up to no good on the weekends would sit at lunch, and then the rest of them were kind of like the guys I'd play um, video games with. So yeah. it was like this massive group. But as we talked about on your podcast, there was little clicks yeah. inside that massive group. We'd sit down at lunch and like I remember figuring out like these, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm not this type of guy. I don't have this type of mindset when it comes to life. I'm not going to mess around with it. But 
yeah, when I'm 15, 16, 17, I'm just thinking about me at 15, 16, 17, not at me at 25, 35 onwards. Like I just didn't, I didn't really care because I, I had no real idea what I wanted to do. Because in year 10, they go, hey, what do you want to do for the rest it's of your such life? such a stressful question for how old are you then? Like 15, 15. 16? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do the rest of your life? And I had no idea. So I literally just did classes that I wanted to do. So I did modern history because I had a bunch of mates I sat with long they did it. And I was like, oh, I kind of like history. Dad watches the history channel. Like, this is my mindset, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. Um, once again, the boys did art and it was either I have to do art or biology because of that timeline. Like I really mm. only had two choices and I was like, I'm not doing biology. I don't like sciences. Art it is. Can't draw a paint. I, I, I promise you I can't draw a paint like at all. Can you do a stick figure at least? I got a pretty mean stick figure. <laughs> I worked on a lot of them during year 11 and 12. I'll get back to that. And they did IT. So... I think those classes as well, like those weren't the classes that the other boys that would get up no good on the weekends. Would, like they're all doing the trade subjects. Yeah. Right? They're all they're all trying to figure out what trade they're going to do. Totally different. So I kind of faded into people that I was more comfortable hanging around. So everything kind of, you know, kind of figures itself out anyway. Uh, yeah. So I do art and it's hilarious because like I couldn't draw or paint and all these boys are good and they've been doing it since year eight. And I did, I wasn't, I was doing trade subjects so I could get the easy A on my list on my like report card so be like mum and dad look i got three a's but it's all like <laughs> woodwork metalwork yeah and then like i might i got lucky on english did you always have the comment of um oh, easily distracted by others or like <laughs> easily distracts and distracted by others were you one of those kids um for some classes for sure but like i can put on like i'm pretty good with authority i believe like when there's like someone that I respect as the teacher, mm-hmm. I could like lock in. Yeah. Because like I used to get a lot of A's for um, effort or whatever it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so year eleven and twelve, I'm trying to figure out like what am I gonna, what am I gonna do? I have no idea. So when did you decide that journalism was something you'd wanted to do? Late year 12, it became a big reality. I don't want to do a trade and I, I seriously have no idea what I wanted to do. I felt like like game design was ridiculous because I just felt like it was just one of those things like it kind of was conveyed to me like there's no jobs there, there's no work, it's not going to happen for you. So I was like, righto. And then I was like, what? what's like a stable stable position where I could use humanities because I'm I'm not too bad at talking and I'm not too bad at English. Like I was definitely more of a humanitarian subject guy. I struggled hard with maths. And I looked and I kind of saw journalism and I thought, you know, that's a respectable thing. That's a respectable industry. You know, I love sports. Maybe I can go be a sports journalist. So I do journal, like uh, I pick journalism, I pick USQ because it only did an OP16 where the QUT and UQ, they wanted like an eight and below. And I was like, for journalism, that's ridiculous. And I wasn't getting that. I got like a 14, right? Mm. So I finish uni, uh, I finish um, high school, sorry. I find some guys who I thought were my mates, but um, the first year out of, the first couple of years out of high school, weren't the best for me. Uh, I finished with a 14. I get my degree. My first year of university, strictly university, was fine. Yeah. I had pretty easy subjects. I was getting through it okay. Uh, nothing was really a problem. But I got into a relationship with a girl 
like my first real love of sorts that neither of us were mature enough or we were in like we loved each other but we it was just toxic from the near beginning and I went through a really bad relationship where it not only you know, I ruined this relationship with this girl but my friends because I was like we were breaking up getting back together yeah. all my friends were mates with her now because she was always hanging out with us and it became a point where my best friend was her best friend and we're always turbulent and um all my mates who I thought were gonna be my mates for life out of high school it very quickly became clear they weren't because I kind of like that's where the depression really started. Mm-hmm. Like I really felt it. Like like that's when I first started going to therapy after that relationship because it got really dire. And I went to my friends and I said, I can't get over this person unless you cut them out as well. Cause I can't be hanging out with you and you're going, Oh yeah, I gotta go. I'm about to hang out with her. Like I can't do that. Like like I figured out Everything, every single thing has to be cut off. I have to be totally isolated. I can't hear a name. I can't, I can't do that. They couldn't do it. So kind of just lost all of my, yeah, all of my mates, like every single one, because they all kind of made a choice is what it is. Where some of us are okay now, but it's still really weird because that was 2017, 2018 where things went real bad. But the glory in all this, I was working at a fast food chain where we all became really, really close because our management was terrible. I love I that, mean, yes. <laughs> terrible. So we're all we're getting in early to um to help each other out. Like like mm. man, like on my list of priorities during 2017, 2018, it was um my partner at the time and then KFC and then uni. Like if I was at uni and um, you know, Josh was like, mate, can you come in? We're struggling here. You'd drop uh, uni and go. I, then I'm like, I would, you I, have like the first year of uni, especially you have like high school mentality. We have to ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like I yeah. actually did that my first lecture. I was like, can I go to the bathroom? And my lecture was like, Dude, you don't have to ask me. And I love like how kind of going off track here, but I love how like teachers are like, you must call me Mr. Maguire. Whereas like like Dr. Ashley Jones, multiple PhDs, walks into the first class and he's like, What up? I'm Ashley. Yeah, like <laughs> That's it. And like they'd be like, because I had Ashley for a bunch of classes, right? Oh, how good is he? Oh, he's the best. Love him. And um through high school, they'd always be like, no extensions. It's not going to happen. They're not going to give it to you in uni. I swear to God. <laughs> it's just like, I yeah, just hand it to me whenever. <laughs> every, every assignment. Ash, like, you know, um, the, um, hi, Ashley. Really sorry. Uh, I need an extension until, and I would choose the date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep, too easy. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I actually had this conversation recently with a lecturer and they're like, you know, we have like a final deadline that you absolutely have to hand it in, but it's like you're, you're paying to be here. We, like, we want you to be able to produce your best work. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And when you're doing four classes, you've got a toxic relationship and you're working, you know. Full time, pretty much. 28 hours a week mm-hmm. at, at, um, at this fast food restaurant. <laughs> uh, it's, it's tough to keep on, keep on keeping on, but. Yeah, so I started really getting close with my KFC friends, right? 
and you know when that kind of when I kind of the same time I was kind of breaking it off with that partner and with those friends was when we started going out to the Orion, which is where we oh, really got into some mischief. Like that's that was dangerous. A, that was our spot <laughs> every single weekend. We had this taxi driver who drove the maxi taxi. He put on his um his Bollywood. We call it uh Bollywood what like dubstep that's what oh, that's no. what because it'd be like you know, like, oh, and it'd be absolutely that. off tap so we'd we'd go nuts and every saturday till close absolutely like out there was <laughs> no drink left the bar so you'd get it you'd pay for it gun it get back on the dance floor get back on the beyonce <laughs> but um there was a two-month stretch there where we went every single Saturday. Jeez. And then on Did Friday... Did you get to know the bar staff? Oh, everyone knew, Yeah, everyone knew us. Um, the security guards were still pretty... Oh, I never was a big fan of the security guards there, but... Love the it, sackies. Here's what it is. Oh, the, they, they love you, but it's the opposite sex they're worried about. Um, <laughs> hey, I've been kicked out a few times. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I got kicked out well of deserved, the... Well-deserved. I, I, I got sh- kicked out of the Orion for <laughs> trying to get on the playground. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll try and get away from this before it before it gets cancelled. <laughs> um, so, what extra things did you do during your studies apart from hitting up the Orion every Saturday? I started to figure out about year two. Like, I need to be doing something more than just studying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to. I also want to say, like, when I'm studying, my first year. You know, I'm kind of trying to figure out how to stay motivated because a lot of my things was on, like a couple was on campus, a few was online. I found this girl called Isabella who we become friends with, who was really good and she didn't have a job. So she was always ahead of everything. Mm. And I said, I'm going to start getting competitive with her and start trying to, you know, beat her <laughs> without her knowing. Yeah. So I'd, mess- I'd message Isabella and be like, hey, how far are you on this assignment? She's like, oh, like paragraph two. I haven't started. So I go, all right, bet. So I do... Two par- I do the intro, two paragraphs, and the first line of paragraph three. And I'll be like, all right, cool. And that's how I stayed ahead of my studies because yep. I would just I just message her and Shout just out. use <laughs> and just use her to um, be competitive. And I did the same thing in year two. Mm. In year two, I found Emily Kelleher, who was one of my guests. Yeah, I remember meeting her. Yeah. yeah. So um, I did the same thing with her because she's super, super switched on. She does law as well yeah. as journalism. So she's like next level smart and into her studies. I did the same thing. But while I saw, because she had her own business, like she has her own business. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Beauty Archery with M, where she has her own makeup and um, beauty business. Uh, she was doing all these intern, like she did this internship down at Sydney for a week, like before she even started her journalism degree. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I need to start switching on here. Uh, I do a week with the Queensland Times, which was amazing. That's amazing. I, yeah. I, I loved that. Like, they were so cool. They really do get their interns out, in and out pretty quick. But I learned so much there. Like, you know, they put, they, you know, they let me write a front, a front page story. They let me write like 13 published stories in a week. Um, I'm going out, I'm doing press conferences. I joined their volleyball team and played <laughs> volleyball with them for like three months. It was a. Uh, I learned so much from them. Um, I, I loved that. And I was like, okay, I want to do more. But like to internships, it was really kind of hard to come along during your study time. You kind of need to find that in the summer or there's little breaks. And then I would get lazy and put that on the back burner. Um, so I, I didn't really, I, I, that was the only really internship I found during my study. 
but uh, I forget how I found it, but like I found out that um, Brisbane, ba- I think I applied for it mm-hmm. like online, but Brisbane basketball, because I'm a super, I'm super into hoops. Brisbane basketball wanted someone to do their newsletter. Yeah. And I was like, you beauty. Like I can do that. I'm a journalist. I love basketball. This is perfect. Hit them up. They go, yeah, sweet. Like, can you come in? Come in. We have, have a big talk with the main GM there. We figure out a plan structure. In a couple of months' time, I'm interviewing a bunch of the coaches. I write up like, I think it was like nine stories. I have to do all the photos, um, all the interviews, going to games. Jeez, and that's full on. It was, and this is during the time of study. Like I was in, in my exam. Basically, like I was in my exam in period. The industry, yeah. I was in my exam period, and that was nuts. I'm living at home. I'm barely getting paid for that Brisbane. I did get paid for the Brisbane basketball thing, but it was like one big payment. I wasn't getting paid over time. Like right. I wasn't paying the bills. Mm-hmm. So I'm living at a home in Springfield at this point. Um, I'm working down in Bavale, which is like a 25 minute yeah. drive. Yeah. And I've got to work there a bit because I'm paying quite a bit of money to live at a home. Uh, I'm doing this Brisbane basketball thing. I have a new relationship at the time with uh, my dear Nikayla, who I love very, very much. Trying to keep up, you know, trying to keep up the appearances with, with the boss, with Nick, and then doing this Brisbane basketball thing and exams. And it was nuts. Like, it was like the busiest time I've ever been in my entire life. That pushed me to go into a rut where after that, I was like, I was just, I was totally blown out. Like, I I couldn't do it. Just completely burning the candle at both yeah, ends. Hey? Yeah, that's it. So, I gave up the newsletter job because um, I, I really couldn't fit it in with study. And I, I didn't finish my degree and as good as an opportunity as it was, and I did get to complete one, which I uh, really happy and proud I did. It was, it was tough. I couldn't do it. So I keep going on and I kind of really felt like I put uni once again, low on my priority list and just kept living life. Cause like, you know, I went into uni straight away and I still had so much to figure out. Like I went through a really toxic, terrible relationship. I had to get all these new friends um, I found a new relationship because as I was in my real dark times, that's when I found Nick and she really helped me through that. And now we're still together to this day. You're a heaven sent angel. That's it. <laughs> you know, I found these new friends. Um, at the time, I was like 18, still living at home. But like this, as I said, we never really had much money. I'm still sharing a room with my brother. I shared a room with my brother the whole time. And it got to a point where... Me and my family's relationship got really toxic because I was just so outgrown of the place um, that, like, I was having fights with my mum. I was swearing at my mother. Mm-hmm. I could, like, it was just disgusting the way I'd speak to my mum because she took it personally that, you know, she couldn't give me my own space in the house and I was just totally over. So many things. I had to get out. Mm-hmm. So I went, I moved out. Now I'm paying, like, 130 a week where I, did, I couldn't afford that. But I was just doing that, have all these new friends. And that was way more important to me at the time than my study because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go sports journalist. Like I knew newspapers I didn't think was a good route for me because newspapers were kind of on the back burner. Mm. And that's not where the industry is going. But I just couldn't figure it out. So with that, I had no real direction with uni. I was just studying because I didn't have anything else to do. I finish my degree and I go, wow, like I'm done and I have all the time. COVID hits. I'm at home all the time. What do I do? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not too sure why, but I started hitting up radio stations. 
around here to try and find like, like what like like radio is something that i think i could actually do 100 percent. yeah as i'm looking <laughs> at the man himself behind you byron i messaged him on linkedin and on linkedin I'm, damn I'm, I'm, sliding I'm, in I'm, those dms look <laughs> I, I hit up every single radio station like around here like i hit it i just like can i get some work experience i like, can I get some work experience he finds him and he says hey email this guy spencer house and he's always looking for radio presenters message this guy called spencer house and whoever he just is some random just some dude. just yeah. give, give him an email he goes yeah cool come in we're at the springfield usq campus do you know where that is like yes i studied there for three and a half years and i had no idea this was a thing really i studied <gasps> up there and you didn't know we were here that's I had rude not an idea because <laughs> i'd hear the radio i'm like i wonder what radio station they're playing as i'm walking <laughs> through the campus literally totally unaware Oh, dude. I talked to Spencer. He, for some reason, sees something in me to be a decent radio host. He puts me over to Connor Giselle, who's another amazing radio host mm. here. And he says, I think you guys might have great chemistry. I messaged this Connor guy. He goes, yeah, cool. I have this show Thursday, one to three. Um, come down. Our first show, like instant chemistry. Like it was, it was perfect. When I did the virtual open day thing, right, Spencer threw me in here with you two. I thought you two were like high school mates or something. Just the way you guys interacted with each other. Mm. I was like, oh, I've walked in on these guys like, you know, good mates. You know, mm -hmm. I felt like out of place, but like that's amazing. That was a month. That was a month in, I wow. think. Mo oh, yeah. September. Like, man, it wouldn't have been more than a month. Mm. Like we've done, we've done four shows at that point. And then we'll think about doing a little podcast as well. But like we just instant chemistry. Like he's such a great guy. He's so good at radio. When it when it when it's us, like the how he structures his show, which is just listening to funny stories and then kind of, you know, putting putting a ball on the tee and just letting me go off. And then we just have some tangent, which is mm. perfect for me, because that's kind of my humor anyway, where we, we kind of pick part at things that are ridiculous. And it was perfect and, you know, it really gave me a lot of on-air um, time to really hone in my skills. And now it's kind of getting to the point where, like, an actual commercial radio job is a serious idea for me. Like, I've been applying, there's been interviews. Yeah. And, like, that's all credit to if it's not Spencer, if it's not Byron, if it's not um, for Connor. Like, I wouldn't be in that position. So... It's one of those things where, like, um, I'm so I'm so thankful, I'm so glad. Like, I, if it wasn't for this team, like, I I wouldn't have anything. Like, I'd still be trying to figure out what I want to do. But like, now I know what I want to do, mm -hmm. and I'm at this place four times a week now because I'm just trying to hone my skills. Or there's my uni life podcast we'll get into, or you know, Spencer will have me you know, give me an opportunity to host the Ipswich Film Festival, which was an amazing experience because the first time I was on like a professional like TV set. Yeah. Um, and on and on and on. But it was, it's, it's really, it's really been amazing. But yeah, so as we are here now, I remember telling Spencer in my interview like just a few months ago, um, hey, I think this, I have an idea for a podcast where I kind of interview uni students about their life. Yeah. And then we can, you know, and then I think it'd be good because like uni students can listen to this and be like, oh yeah, that's cool or whatever. Like it was just a real basic fundamental idea. He's like, yeah, okay, like do radio. So I did that. And then after a while, I was like, I want to do this podcast, started doing it. And this thing has been the most rewarding 
thing I've done in quite a while. Like radio is really fun, mm -hmm. but like to to make to do the podcast, to edit it, to advertise it, to market it, to um, have friends say, "Hey, this is really good." Yeah. I think podcasting is definitely the way forward. Like, obviously, like, I'm studying TV, radio. You're getting into radio. Like, um, I definitely think radio is the way forward because you, like, go to air and then it's just like, okay, cool. You switch off the mic and that's it. Mm -hmm. But whereas podcasting, you go to the effort of doing, like, a beautiful intro, doing some sort of a script, editing it, doing all your social um, campaigning, um, and then, yeah, anyone can listen to it, you know, whenever and wherever. So, and then you get that feedback, which is beautiful. That's the perfect part. Cause like, you know, like radio is really fun cause it's live, yeah. you know what I mean? And everything you have to be switched on and it's a different, it's a different muscle. Um, but podcast is something that is just so much more accessible and is so much more realistic for my friends and family to actually listen to. Yeah. Cause like, like my grandmother will listen to radio every single week because, you know, she's retired. There's not a lot going on, mm -hmm. but everyone else has lives. You know, it's, it's yeah. not, it's not fair of me to ask to listen on the radio part. Well, our podcast we did, like, as you know, like a lot, my family is from Scotland. So anytime I'm on the air, they can't listen because it's like 3am in the morning. And that's just ridiculous. So it was amazing for me to be able to like, be like, Hey, I have done this podcast with my good mate James and I actually just sit and talk about myself. Mm -hmm. So here you go. And they absolutely loved it. Yeah. Like my Nana listened to it. Like she had this whole thing. It was just so funny. Um, so she accesses Facebook through her emails, right? She, yeah. Yeah. So she logs onto her emails, finds a Facebook notification and goes that way. I'm like, <laughs> Nana, just like type in Facebook in the search. Anyway, so she found it on she found it on my Facebook and it took ages. She's like, what's Spotify? So, yeah, she loved it was my point of doing that. But, yeah, so, like, quite a lot of my family listened to it. Um, but, yeah, I definitely love podcasting, especially yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, I, I, think, I think it's really good because, like um, – you know, everyone loves talking about themselves, I think. <laughs> but the, the, I felt quite – I don't like talking about myself, but, like, I was talking to Spencer post-interview and I actually, like, forgot I was being interviewed by you because you were just so seamless. Like, we're mates, but it's just, like, I just forgot I was getting interviewed. Uh, it's been a big – it's not been a big challenge, but, like, a, a big challenge to me personally is I'm bringing in a lot of people who haven't been in front of a microphone before. And I were extremely nervous, mm. like, because I remember how I was first on microphone. It's terrifying. Like, it, it is It is terrifying. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 spent, I spent a lot of energy and time thinking of ways to make people comfortable before the interview. Mm -hmm. um, for Josh Cooley, who was the first time on his interview i did a little i did i did a little stitch up quiz mm -hmm. and i was talking just talking about us and talking about the things that was going on with us you know talking about the bench warmers and mm. the fact that he got he got kicked out of the game that night and he roasted <laughs> me and like it was just little fun stuff yeah but you saw him like just take a breath yeah because before we went on air he's like okay tell me what we're going to say again like, like he started i saw he, he started to, to panic so I was oh. like, all right, I'm happy I made this quiz. I'm happy because like, you know, that was, that was a tool I used to get him comfortable for the interview. But I tell all my guests, like, I don't want a yes or no interview. I just want a conversation. I want you to get comfortable and we're going to have a conversation about you. Yeah. Um, some people, I think like myself and like Gabrielle, like yourself, I can just 
give you a few questions and then let you go. Yeah. Because, you know, you know what you want to say. You've been on radio before. You know how to talk. Some people need a little bit more push. I think what you did really well, and I imagine you did it with Gabby as well. Like Gabby and I are radio hosts and we write questions. We interview people. And I don't know about her, but like I had never been interviewed before. So I walked in here. I was quite nervous because you on purpose, I realize now, didn't prep me on my questions. You just said, we're just going to talk about you. That's all you told me. I was like, okay, cool. But, you know, it turned out great because... Looking back, I should have given you a better idea, uh, an idea of the questions um, because it wasn't like, like it turned into a really good interview, but I felt like it, we could have been better. Like, like You're you, always going to criticize yourself though. Well, like, I think it turned out great. Like we and, did a really good job. And, and I've been told as well by a bunch of people that it really turned out great. But um, like... My thing is, I don't want you to know every single question because then I'm not going to get an authentic answer. Exactly. Like you put someone on the spot. Like I recently interviewed um, Fideli for the sit down comedy club and I told him that was my tactic. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what questions. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what I want to ask you. I'm just going to switch on the camera and yeah. I'm going to get your genuine questions, like your genuine answers for mm-hmm. those questions. And it, like, it, that's the best way to do it. E- exactly. Yeah. Look, um, from my experience, it does depend a little bit from person to person. Give them a brief outline of what you want from the interview. What are the type of questions? Like, like I say at the start of everything, like in uni life, we figure out um, who you were before uni, during uni, and what your plans are for the future, which is which is it. And in a podcast, sometimes it kind of varies off. Like, t- like today, it's really gone up and down, but... You know, I know, I've done this podcast. Like I've done this podcast a bunch of times. I know what I I wanted for my interview. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it, I think it's really important as an interviewer to not give them. You, know, you want authentic answers, and if you tell them exactly the question that's coming, you're not going to get something authentic because they'll have time to think about it, and then they'll tailor an answer. Whereas, like straight off the bat, like someone's answered, like when you ask them that question, yeah. is always going to be way better than a scripted answer 100% 100% Mm. so where to from here what does the future hold for James um you know as you know I have been applying for um regional you know announcing positions um which is which is looking like the reality like I think the reality is not if I move but when Mm -hmm. which is something that one excites me and two terrifies me. I can only imagine how you're feeling about it because for as a radio student, um, so you've done journalism and then you've found radio, whereas like as a radio student from the first year, we're told you will have to move regional. So I can only imagine how you feel being like, you know, I want to go walk into a radio station, get some experience, and then for us to tell you you're great at this, but if you want a career, you're going to have to move. Mm. Like I can only imagine... Like how hard that must have hit for you. Yeah. Like I didn't think, um, you know, Spencer and the likes would be like, Hey, like you can get a regional position so quickly. Mm-hmm. Cause I've only been doing this since, um, April, June. Like it's not been long. And, you know, personally I struggle a lot with imposter syndrome where I like, I don't, you know, I struggle to think I'm ready. Like it's hard to, to, to think I'm ready, especially when there's so many people that are, are around here that are better than me 
that are amazing in their own right that haven't finished their degree and aren't in my position where I have finished my degree. There's nothing holding me back but getting a position to start my career. Um, but it's it's super daunting. Like there's so many things, you know, like I'm in a relationship, you know, I'm going to have to, um, you know, move not only myself but my partner. Um, I have a dog. Do I, will I have to leave my dog who I love to death because it's my dog, you know, with my family? Or can I actually find a spot that would actually I'd be able to bring him? Um, like there's, there's things in my personal life that I'll keep private that are happening as well mm-hmm. that it'd be hard to leave at this moment um, plus the fact I'm a super big sook I only live a street away from my parents I'm around <laughs> there all the time yeah. I get so homesick um, it's like you know I go through stages where I get real homesick um, I think being isolated like that in another another state, another town, another city, I know will be really difficult for me. But it's one of those things, man, where like, that's the next step. Like it'd be, it'd be an absolute miracle. I think if I got something that's suited to me around here and I think I'd learn a lot from going regional and getting 100%. a position. Um, Cause you know, there's not going to be an announcer job around here that would, you know, that would benefit me like the type of positions that I'm applying for regionally. So it's one of those things, um, I'm terrified, I'm excited, but it's my reality and it's something that, you know, I, I kind of have to have to go through. Yeah. But uh, before I get off, like I need to, I need to say like, as I said before, like I wouldn't be here because there were a bunch of people, but Spencer's a big one. Like I talk to him, I message him, you know, every every other day, every few days just about like you know just about whatever with radio and he really takes a keen interest in these students like I've never had a, a a lecturer before that's sent me job applications asked me how I'm going yeah. um checking in on me this and he's, is he's not very much a community like Phoenix Radio 100% like the presenters look after each other like USQ in general especially like the radio degree and TV degree like the lecturers genuinely care about you mhm so, yeah, we're all behind you and I honestly think it would be a waste of your talents if you don't yeah. take that step. Yeah, 100%. And, like, look, even if I don't get a position by the end of the – like, I have people the likes of, like, Riley Wilton who did mm-hmm. a year um, – He went to Port Lincoln for a year. Yeah. As a commercial radio host and I did um, radio with him on Tuesday and I just said, mate – let's do radio like you would do in Port Lincoln. Like show me the reality. Don't let me just, you know, mess around with things I want to do on radio. Show me the realities of like what the position will entail. So eye-opening. Things like, you know, finishing on a high note or, you know, like like kind of keeping your segments, you know, kind of locked into three minutes. Um, yeah. The type of things you should talk about you know, getting on air chemistry, um, just the little specific details that he kind of brings in from just a year of experience. It was just so yeah. eye-opening. Riley was our um, meetup leader and I know a lot of like my year have learned a lot from him. Um, so yeah, you're very lucky to be on air with him and obviously him having real world experience and bringing it back to Phoenix Radio is definitely a plus for all of us. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. So um, as you said, like Phoenix, Phoenix radio is something different. It's, it's something totally different. I, it's like, it's so ridiculous that I wouldn't be here if I just didn't send some weird 
message to Byron and LinkedIn. Just everything I know happens I for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And look, I don't know if I um, if I was ready to really commit to something like this when I was studying anyway. Because like when I was studying, I was doing four subjects mm-hmm. plus my life, which is already so busy. To add this in as well, it's it's quite easy right now because I don't study and I sprint, I try and spend as much time as I would studying in here. Mm-hmm. So looking back, you know, everything might have happened for a reason because I do kick myself saying like, I can't believe I didn't find this place earlier. But, you know, we're here now and it's all working out and I'm, I'm so happy and content and I feel like I'm actually going somewhere. So it's amazing. Definitely. All right. Well, this has been Uni Life. <laughs> interviewing your host James Maguire my name is Shannon Lewis thank you so much for this Shannon you're great you're welcome I'm like it would be such a waste if we didn't if we if you didn't get interviewed (laughs) spit it out eventually um yeah so thank you yeah it was meant I was pestering you to try and figure this out because you will kind of like my if someone cancels hit up Shannon and I bothered you, bothered you, bothered you and we we, we figured it out (laughs) so we're in what a good time oh good all right I'm gonna embarrass myself here do i play the intro we play the intro Alrighty. Uh, is our hot keys hot all the keys way up? Are up three two, two one, one. <laughs> high achieving year 12 students who put the university of southern queensland first on their qtac application could become rewarded automatic scholarships up to twenty nine thousand dollars are on offer make usq your first choice and join the number one university in Australia for graduate starting salary. Visit usq.edu.au slash become rewarded for more details.